I fell into a ring of fire. I fell in. When you kiss me, fever, when you hold me tight. Fever. Hello and welcome to Fever FM. Uh, on rather a damp evening, I'm joined by Dale, Tracy, and Cam. Hello all. Hello. Good evening, Frosty. Moist, Evan. Moist. Definitely moist. Um, I hope you can hear me over the creek in next to our house because if I open the door, I go deaf. It is quite raging. Uh, as uh, that's going to be my segue, it is quite raging. Let's talk about football. Uh, let's start with the women's game first. Uh, a five o'clock start for the women playing the Wanderers. This is a game they should have been targeting. Uh, unfortunately, Kate Taylor was out. Did anyone know why she was out? Suspended for the red card in the previous game. Oh, yeah, good point. Which was a fair red card, we decided at the time. Yeah, that's right. With the bye, I was a little bit put out. Uh, so Vanderbilt went to centre back and Chico starting at right back. It was, um, how do I say this politely? An inauspicious start to the game. Is that a fair comment? Try honestly. I'm I'm struggling to remember the detail of the game because it just it it wasn't memorable. There was there were there, we we didn't we didn't really create. There was nothing really stand out about the performance from either team. It was mm-hmm. just it was just a match that happened with a goal. You know there was there was maybe it's because the last two women's performances have been by far their best of the season that this one did feel like a bit of a step back, uh, a bit of a step down from that and it wasn't a lower level quality opposition obviously because of who they'd performed against in the previous games so yeah I know it was just, I'm, I'm just I'm struggling a bit with that Trace, any difference of opinion there? No, I don't think so I really, I've really got nothing to be honest yeah, it was it was a bit of a nothing game, unfortunately. Um, I remember two missed headers, one from either side, and I remember that their striker missed what should have been a fairly easy volley to at least get on goal, and she air swung. Um, I mean, my, my my two particular standouts for us from the game as a as a as a whole were again Michaela Foster and the weapon that is her left foot. Because the delivery in that, and to be fair, she's two-footed, right? Because she takes corners from both sides in swinging from both sides. Um, so she's her delivery is exceptional, and it really is quite obvious and very clear that we rely quite heavily on that for uh, opportunities that we're creating, um, particularly when we don't have a lot of ball. Uh, and I thought Brianna Edwards played well again. Um I thought she her command of her error is getting quite good and she is very getting very good at controlling her back four or back six. And uh, yeah, just through that, she's really growing as a, as a player as the season's gone on and can understand the call-up that she's got into the Fern squad. So, but yeah, that, those are the two particularly that stand out in my mind. Yeah, I thought, I thought Brianna um, had a, Good game. Just one fluffed line, I think, where she came out to try and nick 
the uh, ball off someone's toe from pass through and didn't get there, but there was fortunately there was cover. Um, I thought Clegg, like that last 10 minutes, um, her ability to drive with the ball at, at her feet, like the and create a chance on her own, um, showed that she's got something about her. This time she cut in from the left onto the right to hit it uh, low with her right boot. Um, but it, it I've got to say, it kind of irked me when they finally got to the last 10 minutes and started being more aggressive and playing. It's like, why hadn't they done this before? I think they showed in that game against Brisbane where even with 10, they chased the whole game and they just, they, they were aggressive and showed masses of self-belief through the entire performance uh, where they got the 3-3. Three, three. That, that is the way forward for this team. If they play that way, I think they've got more chance of getting out of things, uh, getting results out of these games. Millie Clegg is an excellent footballer. Very good. I think she's still been quite young. Uh, doesn't necessarily always take the, the right option, um, but she's shown enough uh, within the, the, the matches that I've seen her play to, to suggest she's going to be quite the asset for uh, New Zealand football uh, as a whole moving forward. From far away, I get her and Mackenzie Barry confused. It's very frustrating. Up close, they look nothing alike. <laughs> well, I, I realise this is that is exactly why I said <laughs> from far away. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying, though. You're welcome. That kind of brings up a point for me that not obviously not the mistaken identity trace. Um, their uh, their lack of aggression is it just that they're when they're almost the pressure's off when you're behind and you've you kind of like okay let's chase the game we don't have to worry about conceding now we're already behind it is it simply that is it maybe um a bit of a bit of youth and being tentative has anyone got kind of got any insight or theory on this i think that, i mean, i haven't seen the, the the full game but i mean this happens for lots of teams though doesn't it like they go behind it and they're kind of <clears throat> they want to stay in the game as long as possible and then push for like last 10 minutes to try get an equalizer um i don't know if that's a you know a mental thing or whether that's just the way that it sort of plays out where you know maybe you're not necessarily as good as the opposition uh, and you're kind of prodding and trying to find openings but it is until the last bit where you know a bit of time pressure comes on um from both sides you know um so you, you take a bit more you know, defensively you get a bit more you know anxious because it's it's come to the last point of the game where you know it's maybe a bit more pressure builds towards the end of the game i i would tend to agree with you but just that it's it's so dramatic with uh the next women's team at the moment that they can be so aggressive and it seems to suit them but yet they still revert to playing less aggressively from the outset um yeah it's irksome like i said um we should probably talk about the uh, the goals um, or the goal uh, conceding from a corner. This is it's never good, but it is it, it does happen in the w, in the uh, women's A League. Yeah, it was was some fairly poor marking. I think um, again, and I would it's the same thing we brought up with the Michaela Foster's dead ball um, capabilities. It works at that level if you have a good person, a good. Uh, 
a good dead ball specialist, you can create havoc in the box, and it's worked for us in the past, and it just you know worked for worked for Wanderers on the weekend. It's that kind of annoying one where not even a defender gets a challenge on, you know, like a little bit of a jump. I think I think might have been Mackenzie Barry in front just kind of watches it go over her. And it's not that much higher, and she probably wouldn't have got to it, but if you put a bit of jump on and you, and you try to get a bit of, you know, pressure or distraction, yeah, you know, maybe maybe that stops a, a clean hit on goal because I think we saw from the chance that Paige Satchel had her header, she was slightly challenged and maybe that put her off. You know, oh, like it, it seems that they had two different kind of similar kind of chances and one was, was a free head and led to a goal and one wasn't and it went wide. Yeah, I think Satchel, I don't think her one, she, I don't think she got a challenge, but she was definitely expecting ones because she was jumping backwards to try and get behind it. Um, not qu- sure quite what she, where she thought the challenge was coming from, but it was unfortunate because it was right inside the six. If she got a clean head on it, it would have taken some stopping. With the exception, with those two chances accepted, um, it was really just that Clegg chance at the end that had you know, a, a good shot on goal. There was one from a very long way out by uh, Wanderers in the first half, but I think Brianna Foster, uh, Brianna um, had that uh, well covered in the end. The six-minute highlight package that I, I saw had about two two chances and was also filled with uh, some highlights of someone getting injury treatment uh, and some coaches talking to a player, and I thought, uh, kind of been that exciting game if that's the extent of your your highlight package. Yeah, I think that that is a key. That is a key that we're struggling to recall all of those opportunities that didn't happen. Basically, it was um, yeah, it wasn't the most exciting game of football I've seen from the ire from the from the women this season. Uh, but you know what? Some games you get that right. Some games are like that. So yeah, I mean that that click chance. Like I think we've seen it twice from here. Was it the goal she scored? Who'd she score the goal against Brisbane, was it? Where she kind of ducks in off from the left wing and and sort of has a quite quick turn inside and, and shoots to the to the corner. Mm. Like she's got a quite a good change of, of, yes, of pace and, and movement to kind of create that little bit of space. It's it's something that we don't really have. You know, Paige is, you know, Satchel's obviously quick, but I don't think she has the same ball control that, that Millie Clegg does. She's more likely to sort of get in and Certainly not the desire to run at the defenders with the ball at her feet, that's for sure. No, it's, it's pushing a past defender, getting around and, and cutting it yep. back into the box, right? Where I think Clegg is a bit more of a, a bit of a jinky player. Yeah, and is able to sort of beat a player with a little half half turn and, and those kind of things. So if we can get her in those positions a bit more, um, I'm sure she'll, she'll score a few more goals. Yeah. Uh, probably not for a little while as yet. Uh, with the international break... Um, Next up, um, I'll go through Dale's beautifully composed um, notes here. Uh, Brianna Edwards and Michaela Foster joining the Ferns squad in Hamilton to prepare for the uh, games versus Portugal and Argentina. Uh, Betsy Hassett, Paige Hatchell, Mackenzie Barry and Kate Taylor will also join them in Hamilton. Grace Wisniewski is withdrawn for the squ- uh, from the squad for personal reasons and will stay with Phoenix. Michaela Foster will uh, come back to the Phoenix after the first match against Argentina, and Hassett, Satchel, Barry, Taylor, and Edwards will come back to club duties just a couple of days before the team's round 15 match against Sydney FC at North Harbour Stadium on Sunday, February 26th. Thank you, Dale, for making me sound like I paid attention. <laughs> That's my job. Yeah, well, you're doing a 
bang up job. You'll make someone a very good um, PA. Oh, brutal. You're welcome. Um, would that we could um, uh, move on from there, but we must talk about the men's game. Um, if I was raging about the, the weather, I am raging about this one. A few, few more chances in this game. There, there were. Um, I don't know that that was a better thing, though, Dale. <laughs> uh, so uh, up against MacArthur in um, in MacArthur's home ground, if you can call it that, uh, the only change being uh, Timmy Payne back from his little red card holiday um, back into the lineup, um, partnering Laws and centre back. Um, otherwise, I think it was unchanged. Oh. Uh, Sass started ahead of Costa, didn't he? Yeah, because he's out injured. Yeah, but it was a pretty, pretty um, good start. If you're uh, being a bit parochial, four minutes in, uh, nice long ball from Laws straight up the middle. Uh, their centre backs, I don't know what quite what they were doing, but they, uh, um, but Zawada used a bit of strength and size to get to the ball first on the edge of the box. And a nice little chip pass to um, Crive, who's volleyed home uh, past uh, Kurto, who we'll talk about later, um, to get us up 1-0 in four minutes. I was feeling pretty good at this stage. Well, that was wrong of you, wasn't it? Yeah, I should have known better. I um, I was genuinely surprised that uh, Zavada didn't take that himself. Well, yeah, I was because I didn't get to see the game live, but watching the replay, it's actually quite a smart bit of move because I feel like mm. the ball's the ball's bouncing, and I think he's got into the position where the ball's slightly too high and too, too to the too, right. Yeah, too close to him, and he sees the defender coming across, and I think he goes, "If I try volley this right now, it's going to go into row Z. If I can get a little touch to the wide, it'll it'll fall nicely for for Krayev. So it was it was um. Yeah, it's very well done. I mean, it's great awareness to know that Crive was screaming up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, I've been more and more impressed with Zabata as this season has gone on. He's actually become my son's favourite player, uh, somehow. But um, just the little bits in his game, he just shows a lot of subtlety and a lot of variation in his game for a big man. Like he he ran on he ran past a couple of defenders to get to that, uh, like a good run as well. And obviously, it's a the thing they've been working on because we've seen Laws do that twice to him. Payne's done it once a couple of times this season as well. So that kind of you know playing in behind from you know a couple of well our two well, those two centre backs at least a pretty decent long passes of the ball. Um, mm. So it's 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 a pretty good um, you know route to, route to goal. Um, yeah, it proved effective when we had Wayne as well, and Yugarkovic has played a few balls through there too. So, yeah, it's um, the direct play. Zavada seems to thrive off that quite well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like that difference between what's a long pass and what's a long ball. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah, like it's it's a deliberate strategy, right? And we've got the players who are, are reasonably good at doing it. It's a lot different to sort of just hoofing it to try and get them on the head and bring players in that way. Uh, I'm I'm quite astounded by how well Zabata's able to... Um, you'd expect him to be able to hold the ball up, the size he is, but how he's able to roll and turn defenders. He seems to do it with some regularity. Um, and he's... 
I don't think he's actually that quick, but he seems to basically get his body in the right position to just stop defenders from getting around him. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if it's a bit of his, and you like me saying this, his German, German upbringing, um, you know, coming through some of the youth teams and be able to, you know, learn how to use your body um, and, and something that perhaps um, defenders in this league are a bit more naive about. I wish I could say it was German, mate. I think that's all Polish. It, it, that sort of play doesn't tend to get played in Germany a lot. But, yeah, it's good to see some good old-fashioned centre-forward play, um, especially when it's creating goals for the, the Knicks. Um, from there, it uh, there could have been a bit more of an opportunity. Cry uh, of getting a chance from uh, not far out. But it seemed like unless unless um, Zawada's putting it on a plate for him, he, he he's not feeling it would that be a fair way of putting it i mean we talked last couple of weeks about how he's kind of been a bit more quiet the last sort of few weeks but i thought this game he's probably one of our best players i think you know that chart obviously the goal and then the other one where i think i think the way you're talking about i think was it Kellen elliott may have dragged the ball back to sort of six yard eight yards mm. and, he, and he tried to side foot it but i think it was saved by kuto and then i think he had a couple of mo- missed chances again later in this game but it's it's good that he was getting much more involved than he has been been in the past um or last, last month or so hopefully signs that um he's finding his groove again yeah it did um I, i'm not sure if the the stats bear this out but it felt very much like we were in the ascendancy for this first half hour i thought so i watched the re- the full replay today and i reckon macarthur have a good 10 minutes just after halftime when they're noticeably better than us. Other than that, I think we're first, that first half, first, I think that first, yeah, first half, we're well above them. And maybe towards the late second half, I think maybe it's a bit more even. But yeah, I thought we were well well on top. Mm, um, Unfortunately, uh, 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 Davila has managed to. pick up the ball in a bit of space, but with three defenders on him and the goalkeeper to beat, um, you would have backed us, but he's managed to get a shot off. And um, how's Ollie Sale feeling that go through his legs, Dale? You're a, you're a former goalkeeper. How does that feel? Yeah, it's never nice. Um, I would preface that with um, some going between your legs are worse than some others. Um, yeah, it's all that kind of distance to shot. Um, this one, I think, yeah, it, it's it's hard to see. I mean, the only thing he could have, like, I, I don't feel like he's reacted late or anything like that. I think he's just tried to get his hands down, hasn't quite got there in time, and it's gone through his hands and in. The only other thing he could have done is just chuck out a leg, but sometimes you don't have that, that chance to process that, and you just, it's just a natural instinct at that stage. One thing I always learned as a goalkeeper is, is when you're moving with your hands, it means you're you're sort of on the front foot, you're attacking the ball. When you're moving with your feet or trying to save with your feet, you're, you're leaning away from the shot. So you're, you're scared of the ball coming at you. So you kind of kick your legs out. So it's not the worst that he's sort of tried to make a save. I think he's just made a instantaneously wrong decision at the time. Um, and unfortunately it led to a goal for their first basically real chance. It felt to me like he took his eye off the ball, watching his hands. His hands got underneath him a long way. So as soon as that was happening, the ball was kind of dragging his fingers back and 
and it's going if anything it's shooting through um no, it's, yeah, i think he's just got down late because it hasn't gone up rolled up his palms and through his arms it's not like one of those ones it's he's gone to go down and it's gone through his fingers as his fingers are going towards the ground so i just don't think he was you know a split second more reaction time and he saves that easily but um obviously to be had enough on the on the shot to to slip through hmm so that's brought us one all and um were we were you all still confident at this stage i thought that they would get confidence from that and we might take a little bit more time to um process it maybe um like as a fan i both love and hate it when davila scores like obviously you don't want him to score against us but he's just such a nice person from what i know of him um and i don't know i want him to be happy (laughs) but um but I guess someone scoring against you who I think all the boys in the team have that sort of relationship with him as well. So can that get in your head? I don't know. Does it? I've, I have not, I'm not a player, so I don't know. I'd be very surprised if the competitive instinct didn't overrun that, but yeah, who knows? It's one of those, you like David, David Williams, right? He's a lovely guy. And uh, after the game against so it's like, hey, man, you well played. You said two good goals. This sucks you did them against us. But the same same thing with the Vila. I agree with Tracy. Um, I I thought that was a blip at the time. And I thought that uh, we would roll on from there because we were so dominant up to that point in the game. And obviously, I think we, up to that, we should have had more than the one goal that we did have. Um, so I genuinely thought we were going to keep rolling over the top of them. I was just having flashbacks to the victory game, to be honest. I think we just need to not go up early. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people say, oh, you know, another instance where, oh, we decided to stop playing after we scored, but I don't think that happened at all. I thought no. we we were well on top. They happened to score. The game kind of evened out a little bit. And, you know, I don't feel like our game plan changed. It, it, like this loss felt quite different to, well, it felt different to the, the victory loss because the victory loss I thought we were just shit regardless of uh, our score and it looked, felt different to the Perth draw because well we kind of sat back because we had a player down so it, it did feel like a like it didn't yeah I just don't see the comparisons I think they're very different and and yeah how how they came about well, well let's um carry on with the uh, rest of the um, scoring and non-scoring opportunities now that Dale's ruined the uh, giving the spoilers out um, yeah it was only six minutes after the Vela goal that uh, balls bobbled in the uh, MacArthur box gone flying up, uh, David Ball's gone to header it and uh, Azani's gone to shoulder him in the chest, I can only describe it as that because it genuinely didn't look like Azani was even trying to the header the ball it, it, did anyone kind of see him look at the ball or make any movements towards the ball? My, my first, my first thought, having saw seen it, was, "Oh, that's uh, that's generous. That was quite a soft penalty." Because uh, my initial viewing of it was just, you know, two guys coming together when they were going for the ball. But on review, it certainly doesn't look like Karzani has 
made an attempt on the ball at all and has deliberately shouldered ball. So um, ball the player, not ball the ball. So, yeah. Ball, capital B. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think a fair, fair, call, uh, fair call, even though my initial thought was we were getting a generous one. Yeah, it's funny how he um, Azani reacted to is basically like very just non-reactive, like, oh, yeah, the AR will fix that for me. And, yeah, it was quite clear he wasn't trying to, yeah, he was just going to try barge him out the way and, and did that. And as much as players think that shoulder to shoulder is a thing in the game, it's not. Um, shoulder to the middle of his chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any question about it, really. Yeah, I, I found this very confusing for Mazzani. Just he he's gone into I think basically to put put ball off and then think thinks that VAR is going to come on come down on his side. I know it's fifty fifty or it feels that way with VAR at times, but certainly that it seemed it while the contact wasn't overly harsh, just the fact that he didn't look to do he never looked up in the air to where the ball was and just decided to run across and drop drop his shoulder. That Yeah. I, I was kind of surprised that it was, there wasn't a, a yellow for this because it seemed quite deliberate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He made no attempt to win the ball, just kind of flattened him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think... I don't know what ball, ball went down clutching his head, but I still don't see where, how, where that contact came from. Maybe it was a bit more whiplashy type thing. But there was no, I didn't see any evidence that a shoulder went into the face or anything like that. No, it was it was definitely to the sternum, upper ribs, yeah. Uh, but he did not ball right back, so he was falling on his back and shoulders and maybe just gave his head a bit of a bump as well. Um, that gave uh, Oscar Zavada the opportunity to take a his first pen for the season. Obviously, uh Dale and I have been looking through and who's taken them previously and Crive's had one and uh, has not been successful as has uh, Costa. Um, Zavada stepped up and taken taken his pen, but a good save by Curto. How do we feel about this um, uh, Zavada penalty? Was it as savable as the commentator was making out? I... um... I've seen Oscar take them in training and slot them where he wants to. So uh, I, when he stepped up to take that, I genuinely felt like he is the best penalty taker in the team and he was going to put that away quite easily. Um, it wasn't the best penalty uh, in the world. Anyone that obviously can get saved is hey, you've, you've not hit it quite what you wanted it to, but um, you can't take credit away from Kurto anytime the keeper saves it, even if it's at a savable height or a savable reachable, you know, he's gone the other way, it's an easy goal and, you know, no issues. So yeah. I was really distracted by the run up. Like it felt excessive. And I don't know whether that gave whether he was telegraphing that to the keeper what he was gonna do or what, but I just I don't know, it was seemed longer than normal. Too many steps. Yeah, well Sus went the other way. He charged in, didn't he? And he, that didn't help him either. Spoilers, Dale. Oh, I'm sure people have seen the. Well, there's got to be a happy medium, then, doesn't there? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the difference. There's yeah, a big difference between practice and and when you're under pressure, right? Like you can't you can't imitate that. 
um, as much as you try. And there's a um, there's a lot of research around the psychology of penalty taking as well. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was it wasn't a terrible penalty. Like you know, we've seen some that are kind of you know waist height, you know, a meter to the side of the keeper or or something like that. Like it felt like it was maybe a half a meter inside the post, which yeah is not the worst. Um, but yeah, Kurto obviously got yeah across pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I, we've got, I, I for me got to give Kurto a bit of credit here. He, he, it's it's been hit well, even if it wasn't side netting. Um, so he's had to get across quickly, and he's done so. Um, that felt a bit deflating for mine. Did did that change your perspective on you th- how you thought the game was going at this stage? Yeah, that, I agree. That one, that one took the wind out of the sails a bit. Um, I thought, yeah, even with say with their goal up to that missed penalty, the first missed penalty, that uh, we were still going to steamroll them. Um, but once that one was saved, it certainly had a feeling of a actually, this might not be swinging our way. Yeah, it, it reminded me the um, the Adelaide game at the stadium for twelve uh, the twelve pubs weekend where. We were kind of all over LA. We scored. I think they got an equaliser, and then we missed. Crave missed his penalty, and then we, we went on to win it. Like it, it felt like that. That kind of quite a similar, you know, being in charge, not kind of getting as much, missing a decent chance, and then hoping, um, you know, we would have kicked on. But clearly, obviously, we didn't. Yep, more spoilers, Dale. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to bleep you. I think sometimes. Um, I, I, I think it's fair to say that if someone's listening to this podcast, they've probably seen the game or at least the highlights and do know the result. I think you underestimate the apathy of our listeners. I think you're overestimating our podcast reach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically five minutes after this penalty, um, Crive's picked the ball up and has gone to, I, I'm, I'm calling it a shot from just inside the box, and uh, who was the defender that came across? Bacchus, I think. Bacchus or Shizhnia? Probably sure Bacchus. Bacchus. Um, has come across to make a block, but has left studs up and has gotten a huge chunk of um, Crive uh, without getting anywhere near ball. Uh, referees pointed to the spot, and... Uh, this time, Jan Sass has stepped up to take this. How do we feel when uh, we saw Sass stepping up to the fourth penalty taker in four attempts by the next season? I um, I didn't think this one was ever going in. Honestly, uh, I wanted Oscar to step back up and take it again. Um, Kryav, Ball, one of them. Actually, that's a question. What do we have to do to get David Ball to have a go? Is he, is he the next cab off the rank to uh, did, to have a nudge if we get another penalty? Because he, he like pins? I don't know. I, I don't think he does. Me. He's never. I, I don't think I've ever seen him step up. And actually, to be fair, I'm not even going to ask him about it next time I see him. I'm just going to ignore the whole subject and hopefully it resolves itself in a good positive out, uh, outcome. But um, I uh, yeah, I, I I did not believe this is nothing against Jan. I just got to this point where I'm. My, oh yeah, we're going to steamroll them. Has gone to the, nah, we we. It's not our if day. We, if we get a point, we'll be happy. Yeah. Uh, so Jan's uh, Haas has taken a good, healthy run up at this and gone side foot 
to the left side this time. Kudo, it's like he's been reading uh, our playbook and has gone that way, big hard hand, and and stopped it like it it never had a chance. Um, I've got to admit, at this point, I was about to turn the TV off and walk away um, because I was positive this was not going to be our night. Did, did everyone, you felt that way, Tracy? Yeah, and I got a message from my mum, which just said WTF. Um, she doesn't often message me about football, but, um, you know, it's bad when she does, especially WTF. Um, yeah, I was also, I didn't watch the second penalty because I was too uh, anxious about it. And then when I saw the replay of it, it was like a carbon copy of the first one in terms of the way it was saved and the, the area that it was saved in. But I, like you, almost uh, turned the TV off or like the video that's going around at the moment of the Philadelphia Eagles fan who absolutely smashed up his TV. Like <laughs> yeah. A couple of steps away from doing that. Yeah. I think she thought it was a better penalty than Zawada's. I thought a bit more pace, maybe slightly wider, but obviously still not enough. I, I, yeah, I felt that it was just more of a more of a comfortable height, though. Credit Kurto again. Yeah, like, oh yeah, he's he's yeah. he's read it and he's got there, and it was hit with some pace. So Kurto's had a lot to do there and hasn't quite managed to do it. Um, that wasn't the end of the chances coming for the Knicks, though. Uh, Rufa ending up inside the six yard box uh, was far post. Um, an opportunity to get his head on the ball, but couldn't quite get there enough. Just kind of glanced off his head rather than directed back to goal. This would have been a great header if he'd uh, if he'd managed to get up for it because he'd he'd come from way back. But yeah, it didn't feel like it was going to be uh, the Knicks' day, did it? No, I mean it was actually I thought it was quite a good chance. Actually, I thought he he got there with sort of enough time, but kind of just misread the flight and sort of glanced off his head more than anything. So, um, yeah, another one of those sort of, you know, th- three reasonably good chances, excluding the penalties in that first half. Excluding the penalties. Yeah. We're not counting those as, as good chances anymore for the Knicks. In terms of creating stuff, uh, you know, penalties are some, sometimes, you know, out of nothing and sometimes they're actually because you, you've done something decent, whereas, yeah. Um, so after the second half, um, the uh, MacArthur Bulls have come out with a bit of a hiss and roar, uh, creating an opportunity. Um, I think it was for their right winger, Drew, who's uh, had a shot on goal. Unfortunately, it's deflected and fallen right to Najjar, who's unmarked at the far post. Um, Ollie Sale scrambling to try and get there, but an easy slot home. When luck's against you, it really isn't. It, there's nothing more you can do, is there? That, uh, was this anything apart from good fortune for the the Bulls? I think we scrambled well. Like we, we I think we gave away possession. Can't remember who it was, but we kind of got numbers back. We had two or three players in front of the shot, and it just happens to squeeze out to one of their guys at the far post. Like, you know, what what else can you do? Like, yeah, another day it would have just gone straight to Ollie Sale or being deflected all the way upfield. Oh, yeah, it's just when you put those three three you know, instances within 10-minute patch on the side of half-time, you're like, oh, you know, you, perhaps that's when you start realising things aren't going your way. I was, uh, I was, I'd managed to um, 
try and put a reluctant five-year-old to sleep, which flowed over into the first 15 minutes of the second half, which uh, had already been delayed bedtime, so Dad could watch the first half. And uh, I just happened to miss all of that first 15 minutes. And I still haven't seen any of it and won't go back and watch it for obvious reasons. So I think I've, I've got quite lucky there. Well, yes and no. Um, uh, we did see uh, Jan Sass getting dragged very early, 53 minutes to get Ben Old on. Um, I thought Ben had a bit of a – he had a good game. He, he was industrious, I think, is the, the term I li- would like to use. Um, how, how do you think he's going this season? Because I think it's worth a little segue. He's been getting a bit more time. Obviously, he's been coming back from – it was the hernia injury, wasn't it? The hernia, yeah. not injury. Um he scored his first goal, I think. Uh, was his first goal? He scored at least one this season anyway when he got uh, against MacArthur when he played them over here and beat them 4-1. He got the header in the first half. Um, so he is... I think he, like like some or quite a few young Kiwis, he's, um, he's suffering from being behind a, an import in the positions that he would generally play. And, you know, the imports are worth more than, worth more of a uh, dollar value. So you're probably going to end up playing them for more minutes. But he is the type of player that the club will grow on in the future and needs to either sell for money like they did with Sarpreet and Ben Wayne or um, develop into someone that's going to be at the club long term like Alex Rufer, you know. Um, so he is—he is affected with the future of the club in one of those two, one of those two ways. It's something he didn't have a, a hand in. Um, unfortunately, was the um, uh, penalty being given away? Uh, I think it was—was um, was it Tim Payne? Tim Payne taking um, Toure down, I believe. Yeah, it was Tim Payne. Um, it was right on the box. I I slowed it down frame by frame this afternoon, and it's literally, yeah, right on the line, which is inside the box. So. The fact that Tim wasn't arguing with it, I think, told me everything I needed to know. He just kind of threw his hands like, ugh, he'd given himself up. Uh, so um, Davila's stepped up to take this pen, and just to keep uh, the consistency, um, Ollie Sales picked up a nice little save himself to um, get two very hard hands to it and actually knock it clean out of the 18-yard box. Um doesn't get much more definitive of a save, does it? No, I mean, to clear the box on a, on a, on a save from penalty is pretty decent. He must have got a good, uh, I say, strong wrists to it. Was this pen um, similar to the uh, next ones in that it wasn't quite up to snuff, or was it just all Ollie sale? It will probably ended up about the same spot, eh? They're kind of half a metre inside the post. Way. Yeah. Right. We running the numbers before penalty saves there's been 14 already this season out of 35 so 40% of penalties being saved this season which is a ridiculous stat it's excessively well, high yeah we uh, I just quickly googled well I quickly ran through the previous seasons and it's all averaging about 15 to 20% from the few seasons before so it's definitely a, um, a change in the last season or two and you have a theory Dale well, I do, I do. The, I think I mentioned it before, but I'll bang bang this drum until someone picks it up mainstream. 
Um, but I think the, the the change. I think was it two seasons ago. I think the change into the what a keeper can do before the um, before a penalty kick's taken. Like now he can take one step off the line and still have a foot um, on or behind the line gives the the keeper the ability to really cover much more of the goal. Um, particularly yeah, a bit more closer to the post because he can take a half step essentially before um, before the shot's even been taken. So I think. I wouldn't be surprised if this picture is played out around many leagues where penalty saves are a bit more, um, bit more high because the, just because the keepers can get further into the field. So instead of, you know, you're going to have to start hitting the side, basically the side side netting soon, I think. I think with, uh, unless you can pick which foot's going out and then go in behind that foot so you're getting the keeper a little more off balance, it's it's it'll be a, it certainly seems like a, a significant um, advantage to being right on that line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if you click the right way, you, I think your chances of saving them. And if, if as long as the ball's you know the lower half of the goal, I think your chances of saving them is much higher than it, than it has been in, in previous years. I think you might start seeing people trying to roof the roof a shot in these these days, like trying to get a bit more height so that the keeper can't save it. Or maybe trying to get the keeper to make a move first. Yeah, well, I mean that's what the stutter type stuff's for, isn't it? Really. Uh, and, and before anyone points out to me that that's only because the Phoenix have, have have missed all four. If you take them out, or if you say they scored them all, then the the missing percentage is still over twenty five percent. So it's still a pretty decent outlier. Yeah, uh, well, I I think it's the one thing that we can say about. Uh, the nicks and penalties is that we are consistent. We we don't tend to score any of them. I thought they'd get a laugh, but we're just we're not at that point, are we? We just can't it's too laugh. Soon, mate. Too soon, mate. Too soon. It's a you're right. Consistent, man. It goes back years. This goes back to pre Ufi. Goes back to Krishna. Krishna who couldn't score oh, penalties. Before, he was, before he, that. Yeah, I, I can't I can't remember penalty takers before that, but honestly, the the Krishna where he, he slotted half of his penalties. Yeah. Um, wasn't there a season? Was it Ufi's first season? Were we really good? Was that when we had Gary Hooper? Was that the season that we were actually were mm, good at them? I think so. No, uh, Uli de Villa. when Uli was here, uh, Uli he missed could a couple. Slot, he, yeah, but he slotted almost all of them. He missed he he missed one, which was like the last game of the season. Where if we'd scored that, we'd have gone into the playoffs. Oh yes, yeah, yes. and then uh, which was Ufi's first season when he was when he was um when he was Ufi was uh, Uli was captain. Yeah, that was um yeah, but that was that was kind of the outlier, right? The, I don't. We go back to Brocky. I think possibly Smelts might have been okay. I remember Smeltsy being good, but yeah, there's 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 certainly uh, history. I mean, it's the reason why Dave says he doesn't watch our penalties, right? So, actually, I think that's what that's the key. We should get Dave to start watching the penalties because we're going to miss them if he doesn't anyway. So if he if he can watch them, it's it's uh, it changes the dynamic. At the very least, he should suffer alongside us. Okay. Yeah. Nineteen season nineteen twenty, we had seven and scored six of them. That's the one where Uli was was yep. designated yep. penalty taker. That might yeah. be the one we're thinking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he was gold. He was really good. It certainly would make a difference. Those four extra goals. I think uh, the Adelaide game. I don't think it, it, we, we we won it anyway. I think, but um, 
I'm pretty sure we lost the one with uh, Western Sydney. Certainly, best it was a draw, wasn't it? Western Sydney, we lost three two. Costa had his penalty saved. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it takes those twenty points we've lost from winning positions down at least to about fifteen. Yeah, I I did hear the commentators saying that um, uh, we'd engaged a sports psychologist to um, basically get onto our yips, as they are called in cricket. Um, because, man, it's starting to get a thing, isn't it? Uh, we were only two-thirds of the way through this game. Uh, Crive missed a, a, a uh, volley. Um, and uh, Sutton getting some more minutes from Moragas. Uh, I was pleased to see this. I, I quite rate Sutton, and I think he's been not hard done by, because Moragas has played well, but uh, certainly it's, it's a bit rough, because I think he's, he's give or take on par with Moragas. Yeah, I think it's noticeable that he's probably been given more minutes the last few weeks, more each week, which I think may be an indication of where Ufi is heading in terms of who starts. I feel like, yeah, Maracas is showing defensively. He's pretty, he's kind of like the, he's kind of like a James McGarry, right? He's pretty decent going forward, but a bit of a turnstile at the back sometimes. Hmm. Um, whereas he, I think, I think. He gets turned very easily, that Catrumbus uh, for. Um... Who was it? Was it Wanderers? Uh, no, it was the first game. The first game. Yeah, I remember Contromas having it, having him on toast. Um, uh, the seventy second minute. I am calling this um, Ufi's worst substitute in his career. Uh, Roofer being dragged for Pennington. Um, Van Haddam came on for I think it was David Ball. Um, but Pennington, oh, is this? I I think it's categoric his his worst perf- season uh, performance of the season. Anyone want to defend? What What did he do wrong? What did Pennington? Yeah, were we watching the same game? You tell me. What do you what? Tell me what you got. Uh, I he he dogged about four passes at least. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. You, Go back and have a look at the like he passed the ball away a significant number of times and got away with uh, that. We should come on to the uh, oh, we'll we'll give it the Ollie Sale um, credit for the um, outrageous uh, turn and chip that Solly, Ollie's had to palm over the top. Um, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the young players for Macarthur. That shot was phenomenal. He had no right to have any chance to do that, but he's made Ollie pull out a fantastic save. Does anyone else remember this? I do. Yeah, it was a nice save because I wrote it down. That's what... Um, what was that? Yeah, it was like a little, little dink and he kind of, I think Ollie would maybe be a, a little half yard off his line a bit too much, but managed to swat it away. He has got a bit of air time to stay up there because that was, that was dropping over the top, but I thought the shot was phenomenal. I mean, he's on the turn in a bit of traffic, and he's dink curled it, and Sales had to do something magic to stop that. Um, yeah, so yeah, that kept us in the game. Uh, MacArthur has gone on to um, put the ball in the back of the net uh, into the second minute of injury time, uh, courtesy of Pennington 
turning the ball over. Uh, it was deemed to have been a foul on Mr. Pennington at this stage because I believe his toe was brushed and he has thrown himself on the ground when he realised he was never getting the ball. This does feel like it's being delivered as part of Frosty's anti-Pennington agenda. I I actually thought up until uh, up until about two weeks ago, I thought Pennington had turned a corner. If I'm honest, I thought he had, he had figured out what we what we needed him to do, and he was starting to do it. This game was not that. Well, I think you'll find that the uh, he was fouled in the lead up to that non-goal there, bud. So uh, I think yeah. he's fine. It was <laughs> yes, it was a foul, but he had lost the ball. He, he was not getting that ball back. Sure, but he was fouled, so it didn't matter. He was also uh, dribbling the ball across our bo- the top of our box. So, nah. This is his worst game. Please, please defend hi- hi- Highlighting your agenda here. But... I think Cam's joining me in the uh, Nicholas Pennington Defence Club. Yeah, by all means. Mate, there, there's, there's a lot that went wrong in that game. And there's a lot that we could be picking on. And uh, Nicholas Pennington comes on. We're 2-1 down, having missed two penalties. I I struggle to find blame solely in Pennington for us losing that game. No, I, I am not saying that he lost that game. I am saying that he played poorly. I believe you said shit before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm willing to stick with shit. It was really bad. He... He didn't. Uh, it, if he did one thing right, it was only one. Okay, I didn't think he was that bad. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not subscribing to the, the anti-Pennington uh, narrative here either. <laughs> I am going to set news on you boys. Are you kidding? News loves Pennington. News has a a, a, a Nicholas Pennington uh, calendar. <laughs> Yeah, ironically, Cam, ironically. Uh, the final act, uh, we'll call it the final just, act. Before you move on to that, like how shambolic was that whole disallowed thing? Like, oh, there was yeah. about six, six video replays, and then by that stage, the ref has managed to go on over to VAR, make a decision, and the ball's kicked off before anyone's, before the commentary teams even, like, understood or the production teams done anything about it. Like, I guess assuming the commentary team wasn't, at the ground, right? Like, no, they certainly weren't watching the game from what I saw. Phil Most, God, he is, oh my, sleeping juice in that guy. Oh, yeah, it was the, um, the colour guy was just, yeah, Phil Most, w- yeah, that's him. Wildly inaccurate. I think that's the nicest thing I can say. I always get confused when they call him Mossy. I think they're talking about Glenn Moss, and I really wish they wouldn't do that. He's a beautiful specimen, Glenn Moss. He is a gorgeous, gorgeous man. Why does he have to sit on the bloody bench for MacArthur? He's, 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 he's certainly getting the salt and pepper going on now, too. Just it makes him even uh, even more a um, Distinguished. specimen. Yep. Uh, the... Um, okay. If we can move on to the uh, the penalty shout, uh, who wants to lead us through this? Because I'm I'm struggling to recall the the details. Yeah, it's the uh, the long ball over the top, and Van Haddam's gone. Oh yes, behind the, the push in the back. Well, I think it's more of a pull, isn't it? It's like there was definitely contact there. 
hundred percent his contract. Hands on shoulders, I think, when Van Hedem had this step on him. But do we think it was enough of a contact to warrant a penalty? I am of the opinion that should uh, should an attacker get in front of a defender and the defender is putting hands on him and he goes down, yeah, that that at the very least is penalty adjacent. Like if you're putting any pressure with your with your outstretched hands, yeah, you're asking for trouble. And did we want them to award it just to give Kurto the opportunity at saving a hat trick of penalties in the game, which has got to be one of the rarest things to happen in football? I think he deserved that opportunity. Yeah, I mean we only got one replay of it because it happened right at the last minute. But from that, I mean, it looked very penny, didn't it? Like, yeah, I, I, I thought mean, I thought it was. I did I did call pen in my lounge at the time. Yeah, but. Do it, because Van Ham got a, he got a yellow card for diving, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Which is outrageous because, like, like the diving is basically no contact at all, and you and you're falling over. Not there's been some contact, and you've exaggerated it. So, obviously, for um, for Ghana, the referee is gone. There's nothing there at all. I try to feel like if that was against us, would I feel aggrieved? No, I always feel aggrieved when we can see penalties, even if they're legitimate. So, not not necessarily a good bar, but in that situation, I think that was genuinely a, a, a fair pen. Yeah, I, I I think it was you, Dale, suggesting it looked like um, Jones was trying to pull him back rather than push him over, and yeah. that he's gone, that he's actually gone forward. So, I, but there's still contact, right? And it's contact with the, you know, with the hands grabbing and. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like you know a bit of you know torso contact or something like that. Like he's made a deliberate play to put his hands on his shoulders. Like, I don't see why he should be rewarded by doing that. Yeah, to me, this felt very um, like the ref didn't want to give three pins against Macarthur. Well, you know what I think happened is about three minutes before then. Van Haddam falls over under pretty minor contact and the ref waves play on. And I reckon he's got that in his back of his mind and gone, he's just doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, entirely feasible because it, it did seem like it was inconsistent. But I would have thought that um, VAR would have, would have stepped in at this stage. Well, I mean, Fagani does have a very high threshold for fouls now that he's so um, he certainly he, did that whole game there was some very hard contact you know after that Perth incident I think the referee's boss tried to reiterate the point that VAR should only be involved if they think there's been an obvious error so rather than giving the chance maybe rather than a maybe a lesser bar that there might have been an obvious error that the referee might want to check again so maybe they're trying to bring that bar up a bit higher about what they're trying to overturn. Yes, I, I agree that they needed to bring it up, but surely the 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 um, uh, clear and obvious is uh, the ref has obviously not seen the same thing as VAR did and we saw because he's given a yellow to Van Hattem for diving. He's seen no contact. 
I think we need to look past clear and obvious, mate. I think the the clear and obvious, whilst maybe written in the rules, doesn't seem to be being applied particularly well anymore. Um, they're just going for an accurate or going for a right decision rather than this was clearly and obviously the incorrect decision. Um, so, yeah, whether you think it's clear and obvious or not, it's irrelevant, I don't think, in this. However the rules are written for VAR, I don't think, like what it was first brought in, brought in, I don't think that's how they apply them now. Well, that's troubling, if so, because um, that was the the intent has shifted, if that's the case. I mean, I think we saw at the World Cup where referees awarded penalties for relatively minor contact that have been milked, and they never overturned them. They're kind of like, well, if there's contact, it's you know, you've made the right decision. And this is kind of the reverse. Where the I, just, I don't know where I don't know where I mean, you can have an argument all day about where you set the bar. About do you want the ref going over the window? all the time or do you only want him to come over when I think he's going definitely going to change his mind well I, I I think in this particular case because the refs said yellow card for simulation that it's it seems obvious that he has not seen the same thing so yeah it, it seems fairly clear-cut that at least VAR should be going hey um, there was contact you obviously haven't seen it Maybe you should have a look. Because that is clear and obvious in that situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe it was just a um, one inconsistent ruling. Who knows? Uh, let's move on to the uh, next game. Uh, we are playing the Snakes uh, in Snake Town, wherever that is these days. Tasmania. Tasmania. Of course yeah. it is. Why not? Yeah. yeah. I think in large part that's why the team stayed in Australia because it's obviously they've got you know several back-to-back away games but it's probably cheaper to f- stay in Sydney for the week and fly to Tasmania for the game than it is to fly the team back over here and then try to get to Tasmania from New Zealand which I think will be an incredibly costly exercise in the oh, Definitely. Getting to Hope, I was just questioning whether there'd be flights to Hobart every day. Uh, from Sydney, let alone from Auckland. Um, yeah, how do we feel about this game? Um, potential uh, Scott Wooten back? I have not heard... I've heard rumours on the commentary that saying that he might be back. Do we know anything more concrete? I saw him running the other day. Oh, that's good. Did you ask him if he was going to play? Nah, he was too far away. Yeah. Probably also a good sign. And he was running, so I didn't want to chase him. That'd be a bit weird. I mean, if he's back, if he's back training, apparently he's back training this week. So I don't know if he's gone. He's probably gone over to with the team, I suppose. Well, um, they'd um, they'd only travel those that are in with a shout of playing. So if he's over, if he's over there, he's got a chance. I think he was run when I saw him running. I think the team had maybe left already. That was for the weekend, though. Last weekend, so he might catch them up, right? Maybe, yeah, I guess so. If if he gets clearance from the um, from the physios, then I'm sure he will travel. Well, Costa Costa will definitely be out, which is um, yeah, starting our depth is starting to be tested a bit now, isn't it? Oh, I was um, wondering where you're going with that, Dale. I thought you were about to say blessing in disguise, but well, I mean, you think at the start of the season, remember we used to get good impact off the off the bench, right? Was that the first three games or something? All our goals were coming off the bench. 
and now you know Wayne gone, you know um, Costa out, you know there's just a little bit less. Yeah, Oscar Van Hattem's not going to score you many goals. Yeah, he just doesn't look at that level. No, uh, it's a big difference between him and you know Ben Wayne. Ben Wayne coming off the bench. Yeah, no, that's that's valid. Um, the uh, the snakes have not been. Going so crash hot this season. Um, they are sitting, he says, uh, they are currently like sitting ninth, I think. 11th. Yeah. Currently 11th. We are still uh, holding in sixth, just ahead of the Jets, based on goal difference. Uh, a goal difference of five, I should add. So uh, the Jets have obviously um, conceded a few. And Western United coming off their uh, their inaugural win. Um, wow, I was going to ask. I was going to pose a question. Do you think we get dragged down to other teams' levels? Like, I'm just thinking. Three of our losses have been to teams below us: Jets, Macarthur, Western. Oh, I'm sorry, and Victory. We also played Brisbane and only just sneaked to them. Drew with Perth, kind of got dragged down to their level. Like, I feel like when we play good teams. We look all right. We go okay, but as soon as we have to play, you know, a team below us, we kind of, I don't know. It just feels like we get dragged down to their level. Um, that's an interesting question, but I would argue that law of averages, if you keep doing that, um, probably indicates you're not that good. If it was just the odd time, the odd style of play, but it seems to be, we just managed to consistently lose to teams right at the bottom of the table. We do okay against mid-range teams. And as you say, we we play well against good teams. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we're drawn with Melbourne City. We lost to them, but I vaguely remember us outplaying them for most of the game. Drawn Western United. We've beaten Central Coast. No, drawn with Central Coast. Central Coast we drew so. and beat. Drew yeah. and beat Central Coast in the two games we played them this season. And Adelaide... Wanderers, MacArthur. So, like our form against teams above us is far superior to our form teams below us. To be fair, man, I just think it's just that the league's really tight this season. I think the table shows that, that this far into it, there's so few points to spread between, was it 24th for second or third place down to 17 and like ninth or 10th place. That's... It's a very small spread of points for a lot of teams. And yeah, you're almost there, Cam. It was 26 points for Mariners in second. Uh, the uh, top six is rounded out by us on 21, but ninth is only on 19 points. So seven points between ninth and third. Yeah, so that's no that's second seven points between ninth and oh, second. Ninth and that's, second sorry. that's that just dict- uh, indicates how how evenly matched most of these teams are. And I genuinely think it's going to be City and anyone else of 11 teams that makes the playoffs. So, Yeah, well, who knows? Um, to be honest, the, the January recruitments have been um, flying and I noticed that Victory have signed about five new players. and uh, Taken all the money that Nani's given them back, mate, to uh, fill out their squad. Well, that's a good point. Um, they did get themselves a centre forward, an import. But on to how we think we're going to go against the Snakes. 
Um, opinions. Is Diamante it, playing? Uh, he has been of late off the bench. If he plays, I think we lose. You you think he's uh, got our number? Yeah, genuinely. Um, and I think the f- previous match we played against them showed exactly that. Um, I think I genuinely think we're a better side. Um, and if we put it together, we can play anyone off the park. I think we've shown that this season. Our problem is closing out games. And someone like Diamante coming on late in the game with the talent and ability that that man has uh, can easily sway it. So, even and we've and showed last time we played them, two goals isn't enough because he came on and they scored three. So, yeah, it's... Uh, if the Phoenix that played against MacArthur turns up, we'll win it quite comfortably. But if the Phoenix that's dropped 20 points from winning positions this season turns up, then there's every possibility we do add to that total. Tracy, how are you feeling about this game? I'm not feeling much at all. It's going to be a draw. 2-2. Two, two. Heard it here first. Nice. Dale, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I, I, I really don't really don't know. I guess with Central Coast the week after, um, yeah, that would be a tricky situation. So, yeah, I mean, God, God help, hope for a win, I reckon. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, I mean, otherwise it starts getting into a bit of crisis time, doesn't it, I think? No, again, I, I, I think we're miles away from crisis time. Um, and I think... We've put uh, we put a lot of good football on the field this season, and we just need the we just need the I hate to use the word aggression, but let's just say the way we closed out Sydney, excluding the penalty misses, that's what we need. The we need that kind of balls to the wall kind of play, and if we can get that, we can close out some wins. We're scoring goals, we're getting in front, so we're doing the first part of the job quite well, but that second part seems to be quite elusive. I think that's where we should probably leave it uh, on that somewhat quizzical note. Um, So don't forget uh, that game is, he says, Friday night? night? 9.45. Oh, yay. For an old man like me, that's quite late, but all you young fellas and fellasses, I'm sure, will stay up and throw things at your TV, but make sure they're at least soft. Don't wreck your TV for this. Uh, So 9.45 on Friday. Um, Hopefully we see the good next turn up, put on a demonstration. Uh, Thanks for listening, and from me and all my colleagues, we'll talk next time.